Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite, the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I am joined by a well-prepared, (laughs) well-seasoned birthday boy. It's Mr. Jeremy Lambert. What's the what's the old uh, saying in wrestling? Will always bring your gear. I always have my gear with me. You know, if I get called upon to come in last second, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to go. Will. Nah, you've known about this for a while. You totally <laughs> didn't find out you were hosting this show five minutes ago. But welcome, Jeremy. So happy you're here on your birthday. I didn't want to ask you on your birthday. That was the thing was I didn't want to because I'm like, uh, I hate asking people to do stuff on their birthday. Because let me tell you, I have everything marked off on my birthday. I'm not going to work. I'm not doing shit on my birthday. You don't ask me to do literally anything on my birthday. That's not the way this works. See, you have it down correct, Will. Me, I've already done one show today. So it's not like I haven't done any work today. I've already done one show. And now I'm, I'm here. I've already been doing other work. Look at this. A, a cheer wine just got handed to me out of the blue. Got more. I got some sugar. I'm ready to go. This is my North taste of North Carolina because I'm no, no longer in North Carolina. Um, I work on my birthday, Will. Never stop working. Sean Ross doesn't oh, give me a day off. No. L- last time I worked on my birthday... Uh, I was a, so it's how long ago this was. I was a GameStop employee, right? And literally, uh, I forgot what game had come out that day, but there was like a mad rush out the door. I feel like it was like a Call of Duty or something. Um, and there was like this mad rush of people all in to pick up the stupid game. And I just wanted to leave and I couldn't. And uh, there was <laughs> just this line of people and like, all I needed was the line to relieve itself. And I was like that type of employee that was like, oh, I can't leave all those Russian customers. And they just kept on coming and coming. And eventually I ended up getting off what was supposed to be 7 o'clock. And I ended up getting off at 9. And so all I wanted that day was Red Lobster. And I didn't get Red Lobster. And I was annoyed. And from then on, I pledged never again will I work on my birthday. No matter what it is I do, I will not be working on my birthday. And here I am. You're, you're smarter. You're smarter than me, Will. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Yes. Um, So, let's talk. Let's talk all things 
that are happening in the world of wrestling the day after dynamite because that's what the show is it's day after dynamite um there's a lot to to discuss of course there's dynamite in itself which we will be discussing that's what the show primarily does but i also talk about the news around aew um there's been a couple of stories to drop this week uh there's a story out uh right now uh, I believe it was Deadline that dropped the story. And let me make sure I'm giving my proper citation. Of course, you know, Jeremy, because you deal more in news and stuff like that. But um, there was a discussion about um, Warner Brothers Discovery and uh, and they're looking at lowering costs. Of course, we've been talking about that for months, right? Because Warner Brothers Discovery has been laying off people left and right. They've been canceling shows. Um, I had a story in Fightful Select uh, about, I don't know, it's been like three weeks now, um, where I had talked with some people from Warner Brothers Discovery about their relationship with AEW. I also spoke with AEW representatives about their relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery, and they were very positive about it. Um, And one of the things to come out of this deadline story um, was specifically noting that uh, TNT and TBS could be looking at more AEW programming. And of course, that had a lot of head scratching going on, right? Because the, there's the, wait a minute, how could they be canceling programming while simultaneously be looking at pulling in more AEW programming? I'll tell you how, folks, because I have been saying this for months and it feels like it's been kind of getting missed going over um a lot of people's heads here because i know the go-to for people is to think in wcw terms because that's historically all we have to go off of it is wcw was owned by time warner at the time time warner merged with aol and as they went through cutting costs, one of the first things to go was WCW and all of its programming that was airing on TNT, TBS, you name it. Wherever there was uh, WCW programming, they wanted it out. They sold it to Vince for an astoundingly low amount of money, and they washed their hands of it. That's what a lot of people are immediately jumping to when it came to, well, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, or sorry, Warner Media merged with Discovery, and they're cutting a whole bunch of costs. And last time this happened, wrestling was the first thing to go. So why wouldn't it be this time? I will tell you why, friends, why this is not the first thing to go. Because what you were looking at before, I know it was easy to say, well, they didn't like wrestling, so that's why they got rid of it. But it was a lot more complicated than that. What happened last time was that WCW was on Warner Media's books, or not Warner Media, specifically I need to say Time Warner and AOL Time Warner. They were on their books. And what I mean by that is they owned the entire company, which means they were on the hook for the production. They were on the hook for the TV contract, and not TV contracts, the talent contracts. And on top of that, they owned the network. So they didn't exactly have a TV deal. They didn't have a TV rights deal where they were being paid X amount of money for the show. It was WCW never had a TV deal. It was literally a, um, they're just using the space that they own their own real estate. But with that comes just more cost. Essentially WCW's overhead was absurd. And that's a lot different of a situation than what AEW is dealing with, right? AEW is independently owned. They they operate independently. 
they have a media rights licensing deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, when you look at what Warner Brothers Discovery is doing, and they're canceling shows left and right, um, whether they're canceling the HBO shows, they're canceling TNT shows, they announced that Snowpiercer is not going to continue. They said that they're not going to do any more original programming. And what they mean by that is specifically, they're not going to be diving in to fully owned original content. They're not going to be doing any of that... uh, they're not going to be dealing with the the casting, the staffing, the production, any of that kind of stuff. What they want more so right now is licensing deals because that stuff is pretty cut and dry. You pay for the show, you air the show. You don't have to deal with any of the production. You don't have to deal with any of the staffing. You don't have to deal with paying any of the talent. The company deals with that, whoever you're licensing it from. So from Warner Brothers Discovery's perspective, content like AEW is actually more attractive to them than content like... Snowpiercer, where they're spending seven, eight million dollars per episode, whereas instead you pay whatever the agreed upon amount is for this TV contract, and it's up to AEW. Whether AEW is spending ten million dollars a show, whether they're spending a hundred million dollars per show, that's irrelevant to Warner Brothers Discovery. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about the contracts. They don't care about none of that. As long as we have a show on Wednesday nights that we paid for. We're happy with that. And they want more content like that. They want more licensing deals because that stuff is appealing to them. It's kind of like Big Bang Theory, right? Big Bang Theory is a show that they pay $1 billion for. But it's a show that is already done. It's already in the can. It's never going to cost them any more than this one show cost them because it's a done deal. And they simply pay for it to air it. They know what it's worth. They know what it's going to bring them in TV viewership. And that's the kind of content that they're looking for going forward. And so looking at this... uh, Looking at this story, um, it didn't surprise me when this came out of Deadline that it said that they were looking at um, producing more content from AEW or wanting more content from AEW. Because at the end of the day, AEW is going to produce the content and all Warner Brothers Discovery has to do is air it. And they don't necessarily have to deal with much else than that. And that is, in a nutshell, why the content is going to be more appealing to them. And as time goes on, they're going to be looking at licensing more content, licensing more original content, where it's like you you pay kind of outside studios to air their content and uh, and not have to deal with the cost of trying to produce all of your own. That's killing Netflix right now. Netflix was making money hand over fist when they were just uh, licensing content. That's what people like Netflix for. Majority of people were just watching it for The Office and what else was Netflix airing at that time? <laughs> but like, I was mainly watching it for for The Office. Yes, um, right. <laughs> I think they had I think they had Always Sunny on there yeah. as well. But that you know that was a big show. I mean that's that's still on. But and yeah, that, the Office that was, was hand definitely over... big hit for them. They made a ton of money from that, right? But then they turned around and uh, started getting in the business of producing their own content. Yep. That you get why you want to do that because essentially you want to own all your all of your own intellectual property and that is ultimately the goal in producing your own content but it can be a money pit right because all of a sudden when you're on the hook for paying talent for paying staff for paying uh production all of that stuff and you're also the place that houses it so then nobody's paying you for the content anymore except the consumers themselves at that point you're producing a money pit and that's what netflix was doing and that's essentially what hbo max ran into where they looked up and went like we're making all these shows that people like but it's still a direct to consumer 
type of transaction. No one's directly paying us for this content. It's not like a Peacock situation where WWE is making all this money because Peacock handed them $2 billion for five years of WWE content, right? Like that's, that's huge. Or was it a billion? Uh, I think it was a billion. I think it was a billion. Yeah, it was a billion. Yeah, I think it was a billion. Yeah, either way. Point being, um, I think just a lot of the worry. And I, like I said, I've talked to people at Warner Brothers Discovery about this. This isn't just me like picking stuff out of my brain, right? And I've talked to people at AEW about this. Um, a lot of the worry, again, I feel is a little bit, um, I won't say unfounded, because obviously at some point Warner Brothers Discovery could turn around and say, actually, we don't want to pay for AEW content. But then at that point, what content do they even have anymore? Um, right. Then what are they even doing? Uh, but like, what is TBS at that point? What even new shows is it uh, producing? What shows does TBS have? What is an American Dad? And even still, that's a licensing deal. That's not a show that they produce in themselves. It's a show that they license for new episodes for new content. Um, I think you're going to just start seeing the networks go more and more in that, that direction. Now, of course, this is one of those things that could sound really outdated in a couple of years, because at the end of the day, I think everybody has to look at the solution of what do we do about cable? Because cable's not growing. It's not exactly a place where, um, like it, it is still the premier destination for television content. It ultimately is. But I think every company is asking the question, what the hell do we do? Like, we're still not on a platform that is growing. Cable was growing in the 90s. It was growing in the 2000s. And then it started shrinking in the teens. And it's very much shrinking in the 20s. Um, there's still that question. What do we do with that? And I don't know what the solution to that actually is. Because as everybody, as all of these services out there want to get in the live content game, I don't feel like anybody's mastered it yet. And I think we're still a long way off for having, from having a live content standard for streaming services. Everybody's paying Amazon. I mean, tonight we have Thursday Night Football. They paid how much mm -hmm. for the NFL package? So yeah, everybody's paying for the, the live content, like you mentioned. I will say this on the, going back to, to Warner Brothers Discovery 1, you've been on top of this from very early on, maybe day one. So shout out to you, Will Washington. You know, you said it like, you know shit. You're not just pulling stuff out of nowhere. Like, you know your <laughs> shit. Um, I talk two, to people. Like, that's the thing, is I try to have conversations. <laughs> <laughs> two, you made a good point about like, P, like look at the WWE and Peacock relationship. And think of that when it comes to Warner Brothers and AEW is like Peacock just paid a bunch of upfront stuff. And it's like, all right, well, now we own all your stuff. It's all on our network. And this is kind of how Warner Brothers could be thinking when it comes to AEW is like, all right, we'll pay you all this upfront money. Now we own all your stuff. And now just go produce everything that you're going to produce. And it just airs here. Like, that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, in, and and, in and that works than... for Peacock, right? Because Peacock, yeah. like, granted, Peacock does have their original content, but we've also heard that it's become really expensive and it's uh, stuff that they, um, but it's stuff that could ultimately not prove lucrative for them. Whereas, again, WWE, they don't, they don't have the overhead cost of producing any of the WWE content. That's WWE's problem. And WWE, it's not even a problem for them because they look at it as it's content we produce and it's content we get paid for by this network. And that's, 
that's kind of the, the, the type of bridge that most companies want to have. So I, it's going to be interesting. Tony Khan, he's, he said this a bunch of times, but this is a, a new interview that he just did with a Sportacast, I believe. I yeah, just listened just to it that. today. Yeah. And he talks about the relationship and he's like, you know, things are good. I do. And he's basically, obviously he's trying to present optimistic. If things are bad, he's not going to outright be like, things suck. We're, we're screwed in a year <laughs> when our TV deal is up. But he made good points of like, you know, they asked us to do Shark Week. We did that Shark Week. Uh, they asked us to do Shark Week. We did that. And then... They asked us uh, a couple weeks later to do House of Dragon, and and we did that. It's like we have a good relationship. We're integrating all of their stuff. Everything seems to be going well. They always tout the ratings. Uh, you know, they're they're number two on cable every single week in the top two, I should say, in the top two on Wednesdays every single week. I think the I think the biggest issue is what you said up top is people want to think it's WCW all over again because there's been a regime change and the, they think the sky is falling because of that. And they have to realize that was 20 years ago. These are different people. The, the streaming services work different. How we consume this stuff works different. And everything about this situation is different than the WCW situation. So let's not compare the two. And one thing AEW did note to me um, that I didn't put in my article was that Look, this is their third regime that they've gone through. This isn't like, uh, and there seems to be doom and gloom every single time there's been a regime change. But the regime that they're currently dealing with is not the last regime. And the last regime was not the first regime. This is the third regime that AEW has been under since uh, since their arrival on TBS. And each time things just seem to, to create a sense of doom and gloom. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, things are fine. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, AEW is the, the company I cover more than anything. And so it's the one I, uh, deal the most with. And, uh, with that, of course, every time I, I tell people, Hey, things aren't like really that bad. Then they're like, actually you're a shill. And it's like, well, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 17 years. And like, do you think that this is the company that literally 17 years, <laughs> like it, it's not, um i've I've seen all of this i've seen it all go through i've seen it all happen i i i covered the arrival of tna on first off it's leaving fsn back in the day i covered its uh arrival on spike and all of its subsequent networks that it ended up on i've covered every single aspect of wwe's network changes since 2005 um i've seen all this stuff and uh and then like i said i I ask questions. Um, speaking of asking questions, I asked around a little bit about another story going around that I feel, and look, I don't like to knock other reporters. It's not what I ever like to do. Um, you can if you want, but that's not <laughs> my th- not what I like to do. But I will say that... Depends on who it's from. <laughs> there was a headline from Body Slam today that like actually got some people up in arms about Stokely. Um, when like you actually read the, the quote itself that came from Wade Keller, um, I don't know. I feel like that was, that was weird. Like when I read that, I first saw that on Reddit. Like when I read that, I was like, really? That, that was what people thought that was the takeaway there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know Stokely on a personal level. I have, I've had conversations with him, very minor conversations with him. 
always seems like a nice guy on social media. And that was a very weird report because everything I've heard about him has been nothing but positive things. And that promo last night, we'll talk about it, but I didn't think this was let me get myself over at all. I thought he did exactly what he was supposed to do in this promo. Well, I felt like from... So I had to find the actual Wade audio because I felt like it was a passing quote where he was just like, and and Stokely has a reputation for um, getting himself over more than his clients, blah, blah, blah. And then for whatever reason, that turned into the headline of Stokely Hathaway has heat for getting himself over. And I thought, hmm, I I, I don't know. I would have gone with a little bit or had a little bit more substance to that had that if that was the quote I was going to run with or the headline I was going to run with. Um, and of course I talked to a couple of people who weren't happy about that headline. Cause Stokely is very well liked. Um, yeah. and, uh, so nobody would go on the record with it, but it was a, um, and you can see people having fun with it on Twitter right now. Stokely himself is having fun with it. Uh, but yeah, I, it was almost an immediate reaction of like, that's, not really the case and i personally don't feel that way so uh yeah that was i just thought that was interesting um there i guess those are your news tidbits of the the afternoon see i ignore stuff like that when i read it i'm just like oh all right sure that sounds dumb because I i try to read everything and then as someone who does a lot of the the news reporting and writing it up i have very well learned of well like what to kind of take as truth and what to kind of take as all right this is just kind of passed off stuff and i've I've even screwed that up the the recent example being one that you basically corrected when it when it came to dave i thought this was good to go and then will washington is like nah that shit's wrong (laughs) wait which one was that oh the language thing with warner brothers oh yeah 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 Dave was that seemed like one where it was like adamant that this was coming. Like David talked to people. David, he was completely like 100. Mm-hmm. This is the direction, and I'm. I feel like I'm good at like parsing what Dave is saying, and I believe that Dave like fought this or whatever. And then come to find out, like Sean is messaging me and be like, "Yeah, actually, that isn't quite what's going on here." I was like, "All right, cool." Like you know, this was one there he seemed pretty adamant about compared to other ones where I don't like when people, you you mentioned, take quotes out of context or just mm-hmm. it's an opinion and they try to pass it off as a report. I don't like that. I try to do not do that when it comes to, certainly Dave, because a lot of people do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was one where he seemed confident in the reporting of it. So and, I went with it. And it wasn't my intention, by the way. Of, oh, I know, uh, I know. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the way that that went, I'll even tell how that part of the story came about, was that I had been working for days on that Warner Brothers Discovery uh, AEW story, right? And then uh, the then all of a sudden, I wake up, I read The Observer on Friday mornings, it's what I do, and I see that line that says, Warner Brothers Discovery asks um, AEW to tone down language. And I thought, huh, that's like almost contradictory to the story I'm working on. I should get some clarification on that. And I was asking from the understanding that it was correct. Like when I went to them, I said, hey, can you just give me some clarification on what exactly you asked AEW to tone down specifically? And the response I got was, we didn't ask them to tone down anything. And I went, oh, okay, let me... Let me ask AEW about this. I asked AEW rep, same deal of like, what were you asked specifically by Warner Brothers Discovery to tone down? And I got the same response of, 
we weren't. Um, this was a Tony Khan statement that he wanted wrestlers to stop taking liberties with promos, but that didn't come from the network. And they went, oh, well, I guess that's now a part of this story that <laughs> I now have to, to issue a kind of like correction to what had happened there because, uh, and, but like I said, that wasn't my intention. I don't go around going, well, let me make sure Dave Meltzer's wrong. Like that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do then. That wasn't the intention. And I didn't even ask from that perspective. I just ended up with that information and went with it. Uh, so that's how this can go in, I guess, doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And hey, friends, I got some other notes for you. Uh, don't forget, leave us a thumbs up and make sure to tap that subscribe turn on notifications there's nothing like getting that notification that pops up at the top of your phone that says hey day after dynamite's live and you have a little cover image that has me with the the winking going like that and uh it's great you see it in the bottom left corner of your screen right now but uh there's other things happening subscribe to fightful select five dollars that's all we ask for for fightful select you get a ton of content you get um i mean the the scoops have been Phenomenal, left and right, the, especially this last month. Uh, and then there's lots of original content as well, such as, did you know, about 90 minutes from right now, there's going to be a brand new edition of Ask Grapsity with myself, Phil Lindsay, and Righteous Reg. Uh, we're going to be talking lots of stuff. We're going to be answering any questions you have. Um, and it's Ask Grapsity. Anything you've got for us, I'm happy to it's answer. Like Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, we, we always are willing to talk Power Rangers and all that uh, fun stuff. And then also we, I don't know, um, there's been this all this talk about Paywall Phil and how Paywall Phil is just uh, outrageous and out of this world. If you don't know Paywall Phil yet, well, you have to get behind the Paywall. But yeah, uh, check out Ask Rhapsody that's coming up in just a little bit here. Um, and yeah, don't forget to send us your super chats. Uh, there's actual super chats right over here. We've got one from Ryan Ben who just wants to say happy B day, Jeremy. So how are we having a run in? Uh, I don't know. I guess Sean's going to have to do the run in now, which he has also been. In. Sean already ran in on my show earlier. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, he's already done that. Yeah. Biting off his own bit. Sign up to Fightful Select and uh, listen to The Weekender with Steven Jensen as well. I got to gotta make sure my man Steven Jensen gets some love. Yeah. Also check out Fightful Overbooked as well. There's uh, some cool stuff happening over on Fightful Overbooked, um, including yes. 
Uh, look, I thought Strong Style <laughs> was very good, actually. Um, oh, that's that's now our best show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Share Delaware. That that is excellent. That is excellent quality programming that you can only get over on Fightful Overbooked. I'm still a believer on Fightful Overbooked, even if uh, this show here got the call up uh, last month. Um, but yeah, definitely send us your Humper Chats as well, humperchats.com, uh, where over the last six months, I haven't had to ask Jeremy to help me with those because uh, I'm not an <laughs> idiot anymore. It used to be anymore. a weekly, a weekly occurrence. <laughs> yeah, it's because I, I figured out in the, the settings how to like stop that from happening. So now we're good. Uh, and <sighs> there are other things. Or other things i guess not nothing else i want to like mention right now um i do want to talk about aew dynamite a show that took place last night it was in albany new york nobody had a steamed ham sign i was hoping for a steamed ham sign look it's an albany expression and i just wanted to see some steamed hams i even had bill oakley retweet my request for somebody to bring a steamed ham sign you recognize bill oakley wrote that skit i didn't even tag bill oakley in it and he saw it and was like yeah also i want people to bring steamed ham signs to to albany new york and for those of you too young to know steamed hams shame on you but if you've never seen the episode 22 short films about Springfield from season seven of the Simpsons, one of the best episodes of television ever made. Uh, and I, the best segment of the 22 short films about Springfield happens to be a little skit called steamed hams. I, that's not even the actual name of the skit. Um, but that is what the, um, the people, the Simpsons fans had, uh, have, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess affectionately dubbed that segment. Uh, I think it's officially titled Unforgettable Luncheon, uh, but <laughs> uh, Steamed Hams is so much better. Anyway, if you've never seen that episode, 22 short films about Springfield is excellent. There's like one little continuity error in the fact that it starts with Barton Millhouse kind of squirting condiments on passersby and then they're like i wonder what goes on in the lives of the people of springfield and then it jumps between 22 different um stories about people in springfield but one of those stories includes millhouse but how would he have been in that story if he was up squirting the mustard condiment uh at the the top i don't know either way albany new york um so yeah i don't watch the simpsons i have nothing to add <laughs> to the simpsons discussion don't watch the simpsons look no. i don't actively watch the simpsons anymore i haven't watched uh i watched this past season wasn't that bad but uh i think i made it actively through seasons one through like 24 before i was finally like oh, okay i can't do this anymore and uh then i recently watched season 33 and it was actually pretty good so I don't know. I'm a big Simpsons guy. I just am. I'll, I'll never not be. Seasons one through eight are, no, seasons three through eight, some of the best television ever produced. Nine is where it kind of starts to get a little absurd, and then ten is like you'll find one or three episodes in there. But whew, seasons 
uh, yeah, somebody in the chat just said uh, seasons two through nine, goat. I agree. It's I don't think there's better television written than that. Um, I'm a South Park fan. When did I fall off of South Park? I think I made it through the first like 15 seasons and I watch every major one that comes about. Like I saw all the, the COVID episodes and all of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that one, like South Park has kind of fallen as well. I'm not going <laughs> to be like trying to champion this when it's, yeah. it's not the, the greatest material in the world, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to continue to stick with it. And I think something I mean, better than The Simpsons. I'll take that to the grave with me. Whoa, yeah, I said it. whoa! I said it. Look, I don't care I if Simpsons willing... did it first. I don't care if Simpsons <laughs> did it first. South Park did it better. I was willing to big up South Park here, but uh, in a South Park better than The Simpsons discussion. Look, has South Park had better longevity? I actually think it has. But Peak Simpsons is better than Peak South Park easily. Um. Anyway, this show opened up with John Moxley going one-on-one with Sammy Guevara, a match that we last saw at Bash of the Beach. I think it was January 15th, 2020. And it was a tournament match to determine the number one contender to face Chris Jericho at the time. So we're back here because... TK loves tournaments. And you know what? I love tournaments. It's an easy way to basically have matches that have stakes. And uh, and by the way, I agree with the chat. Beavis and Butthead is is up there. That new season is so good. I've heard uh, good things. I've heard the good movie, things. Uh, Do the Universe, is like I watched it twice now and have fallen out on the floor laughing at it. It's that good. Um, they have done a wonderful job making Beavis in particular a somehow a compelling character in a way um cole by the way says aurora borealis entirely localized on this podcast i too was sad no signs were made at dynamite happy b-day fellow avalanche fan jeremy yeah Thank you, cole the, the champ shirt right there we go thanks man yeah i guess i'm kind of an avalanche fan i'm i'm one of those local fairweather fans where when my team's doing good I'm with them. Um, been been but with them since since the nineties. <laughs> with them since the nineties. Look, I live here, so like, I I I recognize all of the uh, the joy that Avalanche fans have experienced year to year. I'm also a Broncos fan, and so I do also recognize. Oh yeah, and somebody in the chat just said. Sorry about your Broncos, Will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Hold up. I'm going to take a pause for pro wrestling for two seconds. Because I took a pause from pro wrestling this past Monday to watch said Denver Broncos. I was like, Raw or the Broncos? Hey, Broncos got the Monday night game against the Seattle Seahawks. We have our new quarterback, Russell Wilson, playing against his former team. This is the perfect game for me to be watching, especially to establish the Broncos' new regime. Let's do this. Watch the whole thing start to motherfucking finish. And I could not believe that last minute or so. Everything about that made zero sense. I hate to be Mr. Like armchair coach, right? Like I hate to be, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, what are you doing? That didn't make any sense. But I don't understand why anybody would have made that call they made. 
Just understand for those who weren't watching. It was fourth and five. Broncos are at what the fifty yard line. There was what was it? I think like the forty six yard line. Forty six something along those lines. It was close to fifty. We could round up, right? There was a little over a. I want to say there was like. 50 seconds to go after uh, that third down play. For whatever reason, with three timeouts remaining, they ran the clock down to 20 seconds. Nobody's calling a timeout. I'm screaming at the TV. Why aren't you calling a timeout? Call a timeout. What the hell are you doing? Somebody call a timeout. Run it down to 20. Finally call a timeout of 20 seconds. And then they pull out Russell Wilson and put in Brandon McManus to attempt a 64-yard field goal which he's never hit. Why even sign Russell Wilson? No. <laughs> I mean, look, the statistical likelihood of Russell Wilson converting fourth and five is way higher than Brandon McMahon is completing a 64-yard field goal. Nothing about any of that made sense. It's poor time management, putting in Russell Wilson, I mean, taking out Russell Wilson in his first game as a Denver Bronco. Everything about that was just insanity. And uh, at the end of the day, Broncos lost by one to the Seattle Seahawks. Insane. It was yeah. something, yes. Uh, Adam says Peyton Manning called the timeouts. That's what I was doing there. Manning just on the Manning cash is like, got to call a timeout. Got to, got to call a timeout here. What do we got to call a timeout? I wasn't even why I was watching the ABC broadcast and I'm still like, Manning cash timeout. Is Wasn't anybody calling a time? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to give that a try next time around. But <laughs> I'm sitting there like, somebody call a timeout. Why are there no timeouts being called? Just call a freaking timeout. You have three. Call a timeout. I mean, at least you didn't lose to the Browns on a last-second field goal. That's what happened to my team. Rough sports <laughs> week, Will. Rough sports yeah. week. <laughs> as long as uh, – I mean, I don't know if it was as bad as the um, the Bengals lost to the That one Steelers, was a bad one, but... too. Where's Sean to come in here? Let's just have football commiseration <laughs> when we're supposed to be yes. reviewing AEW. This is yes. what we're doing. Van Twinblade says, poor Denver. They have to give money to the Waltons and Stan Kroenke to watch the sports ball. Well, uh, John Moxley is somebody <laughs> I would give money to. Because John Moxley is somebody that uh, a lot of people have been talking about the last day. Didn't quite make a list that he should have made. But regardless, if there's one person on earth who doesn't care about that at all, it's likely John Moxley. But he went in there. He had a match with Sammy Guevara. This was great. This was uh, very good. Um, Sammy Guevara is... He had a promo this week on Road 2 that uh, pretty much a lot of people have been having fun with. I saw a quote that said it reminded them of uh, Maury when <laughs> uh, right before the uh, reveals of a paternity test. Yeah, that wasn't any good. I didn't like that promo at all. Really? I saw a lot of people didn't like the promo. Like, I didn't think it was... 
I just watched Dominic Mysterio's promo this week, all right? You can't tell me that <laughs> Sammy Guevara was doing anything awful after I watched that thing. I didn't I didn't think it was as bad as everyone else was I mean, it was it out to be. It was really shouty and also like for a guy who does have a five-star match from Meltzer this year, I thought what is he like screaming about? He like actually has one. And yeah. uh <laughs> It was a little all over the place. And I don't like when somebody's character is, I deserve this. I deserve this. Why is this hurt? Because AEW is kind of leaning into that character a little bit too much right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, yeah, it was a little all over the place in that sense. But like, I like that he showed some fire and everything. The material probably could have been tightened up, but it did seem like he was just, let me go right now. And he didn't even have time. Maybe he, I'm sure he rehearsed it a little bit, but Again, I watched Dominic Mysterio. At least Sammy had some passion <laughs> and some conviction in his voice when he spoke. Look, I didn't man, think it Domi- was that bad. Look, Dominic Mysterio cannot be compared to anybody else at this stage right now. I had concerns like two years ago that <laughs> he may not have it. And uh, I kept getting told by people, no, 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 give Dom a chance. And, and now here I am two years later. Feeling like he probably could have spent two years like developing a lot better, and uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys his age in the biz who. Um, Guevara is his age. I think he's a little, Sammy's a little bit older, but yeah, but like too far off. I know, but like, isn't he? I don't think he's that far off from like Austin Theory. I think they're about the same age. It's not uh, Austin they, Theory being young. I think Austin Theory might actually be younger than Dominic Mysterio. Um, Dominic Mysterio is not good. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point here, everybody. Yeah. So either way, I enjoyed the match. I thought that John Moxley and uh, and Sammy went out there and and did their thing. Um, I actually like this better because I just recently watched the 2020 match to kind of prepare myself for this, see if there were any callbacks there were, um, and see how it basically compared as, as a performance. And I thought this was actually a little bit better to me. Um, and it showed that Sammy has, cause a lot of people who come down on Sammy say he hasn't evolved as a performer. Disagree. I actually think he has. Uh, and I think Moxley just being in the form he's in, uh was very good there was the spot of course where he took the the knife edge chop from sammy basically feigned falling down from it got back up and swung back at him uh of course the match had interference we saw ty j run down and uh anna distracts the referee ty then um attempts to low blow moxley mostly kicks kicked him, him in the, in the asshole yeah no she was more of a kick in his in his asshole and then uh that resulted in sammy nearly getting the victory um he goes for the gts uh and by gts i mean gth and then uh moxley uh reverses out of it hits the death rider uno dos trace he moves on to the finals at grand slam next week but wait, there's a commotion going on in the back. And by the way, what did you think of this match? Oh, that was good. I Moxley's on a different level than, than everybody right now, from his, his character work to his ring work to just his presence, everything. I'll praise John Moxley to, to the heavens. Um, and Sammy, he's good. Like, say what you will about his promo. In ring work, he's always been really good. This was no exception. They have a nice little 
mix uh, of styles because Sammy likes to bump around and fly around and Moxley just likes to punch people in the face a lot. So I thought it worked well. I had no expectations that it wouldn't work well because both guys are, are very good professional wrestlers. I kind of thought Sammy might win just to mm-hmm. maybe switch it up and set up a heel face dynamic. But the story they're telling with Danielson, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I understood why moxley won i just thought there maybe maybe we'll we'll switch it up and go with sammy but i much prefer the moxley yeah i i I, you know i said from the moment i looked at the bracket last week that i thought where they were going was the story of brian's redemption of him beating his three biggest losses in aew and also beating all the former world champions in the process like if there's anything that makes brian look worthy here it's this bracket uh, and the way it was set up. But before we got to any other matches on the show, um, this was a different type of show. And Tony was hinting at this on Twitter uh, that he mentioned there was going to be a lot of video packages in this show. Um, And I wonder where that edict comes from. Was it a Tony Khan direction? Was it people backstage? Was it Warner Brothers? I don't know. I actually haven't asked about any of this. but I am curious what led to basically all of the video packages leading. Essentially, every match had one. Everything that happened on this show had a almost like a pay-per-view, like a little bit of a, a video package to show you how we got here, which is a thing a lot of people have been asking for. A lot of people who choose not to follow kind of, uh, as a friend of mine once put it, extracurricular activities for AEW, uh, people who don't want to watch road to people who don't want to follow them on social media people who don't want to watch dark elevation or even rampage uh they really just want to watch dynamite and therefore how can i just watch dynamite and feel like i still am getting all the content i need um and so yeah there were a lot of video packages in this show but before that right before they went to commercial break excalibur starts screaming mjf is causing a commotion in the back we'll be right back and they go to commercial break and you're like uh okay that was a weird way to go to commercial break, but uh, that's also very much a, you know, that's one of the things that Dynamite does very differently than WWE, and I get why WWE does it, and it's almost one of those things that I wonder if AEW will ever employ, which is that WWE tries never to go to commercial break with anything having, with any ends having been tied up. Literally every commercial break Raw takes is uh after the break this thing like they'll start something and then go to the break even if it's somebody's making their entrance and you're going to see this match after the break no break ever comes as a conclusion to something and like AEW very much does have concluding breaks it is this match is over going to commercial break um so therefore you know i can see how that might drive some people away right like if sammy versus moxley is the thing you came for and you weren't planning on watching anything else going to commercial break immediately after that ends isn't going to hook you to the next thing. So like, I get why the fed does it, but um, yeah, it's just a different structure of television show. But when they come back, here comes MJF and he is, and by the way, that last match B plus um, MJF is coming out to the ring to basically express his issues with John Moxley and He runs down Moxley, runs down how he believes Moxley is playing a character and that Moxley is truly a scared little boy from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
he brings up their last feud. He notes that you don't see any MJF 2020 stuff around here. He's not that same kid that Moxley beat two years ago. They really use this segment to build to MJF versus Moxley, which I don't know where this is going. I, I you know, really? this feels like one of, well, I, it, this feels like a red herring type thing, which is like, oh, he calls out Moxley because MJF thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Moxley wins, trying to set it up in your brain that it's a foregone conclusion so that when Brian wins, oh, wow, that's a surprise. That's a shocker. I Maybe. I think he's just setting up a John Moxley match, and that, this is a match that doesn't really need a title, and you can just do this match at full gear. <laughs> that was the other thing I was thinking. So I was going with one of two places there. I'm like, so I could also see him, yes, going for the Moxley match, and... MJF just continuing to hold on to the chip until revolution. Let let Brian have like a a, a solid run from uh, Arthur Ashe till revolution and give him another opponent at full gear. Um, maybe somebody that Brian's never faced before. Yeah, you know, there's places you can go with that and time you can give with that. So, yeah, I, I think kind of the same thing of maybe we're just going to go with MJF and Moxley and there be no title involved. That'd be cool. I I think that is where they're going. And then, yeah, Brian faces somebody at, at full gear. I think, I, I like the revolution idea because I think MJF's, I think he's going to win the title and the majority of his title run is going to be like taking this title with me to WWE in 2024. And I don't need that mm. to be stretched too long. Um, <laughs> so like if we can hold that I, I off agree. until February, that's great. But winter is coming is also where they like to do big title matches and, and big moments. And I could see Brian and MJF at winter is coming. And that's where they possibly do the switch. And then we get a year of taking this title with me to WWE in 2024. Um, I'll say this. MJF not mentioning it in this promo was great. Uh, I agree. Was, I'm with you. It, <laughs> it was nice that, you know, he got that out of his system last week. We don't have to run with that every single week. I actually did enjoy that. I thought he was great here. I thought that, I too. Um, yeah, and he talked about, uh, he used this to transition over to talking about his faction on retainer, uh, which is The Firm, which is a great name, by the way. It is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and they've got a great song. Now, of course, those who've listened to hip hop for the last 30 years, uh, their brains immediately went to, oh, the firm, like, uh, AZ, Nas, um, Nature and Foxy Brown, um, that group that flopped in 1997. Um, by the way, that's the line that Dre is referring to when he says, yeah, ever since the uh, firm flopped. Yeah. Yeah. On the firm flop. Yeah. That's specifically that line. Um, because they did. That group actually very much flop. Um, so, but this is The Firm. And it features uh, pretty much everybody that Stokely had been handing cards to over the last couple of months. 
we saw W. Morrissey out there. We saw the Ass Boys. We saw Lee Moriarty. Uh, and we saw Ethan Page. And Stokely explains everything. He explains that everything's been a lie, that he's not a real publicist. So that was kind of your explanation for why he's no longer with uh, Jade and the baddies. Why that relationship's just kind of over. Um, <laughs> and so, because uh, people have been wondering, like, why did that just, like, end? And he's like, because I'm not a real publicist. I, <laughs> I'm, I am a friend. These are, these are friends, and uh, you'll know us as a faction when we need to be, um, but we're also out for individual success. And talking about all the individual success, um, they talked about what W. Morrissey is after, and um, Stokely, of course, gave him a little bit of a hug, and Morrissey seemed kind of annoyed by him. Uh, I liked Lee Moriarty here a lot, Lee giving his poses to the camera. I thought he was great. Can't wait to see what Lee does out of that. There was the Ass Boys. Well, it was a little bit more of the same from them. It wasn't really a change being with uh, being with Stokely. And then we saw, we heard from Ethan Page, who, again, explained his motivations that he's going directly after the All-Atlantic Championship. And I feel like Ethan, everything Ethan Page did here a little bit seemed to be kind of spoiling the ending of next week's All-Atlantic Championship match. I figured he was going to win anyway. What, Orange he- Cassidy? Oh, Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I kind of figured Orange Cassidy was going to kind of I think Orange Cassidy is going to win, and I think yeah. that uh, just kind of based around everything they had done throughout the show with uh, both – Ethan Page declaring that he wants the All-Atlantic Championship and kind of declaring war on meme wrestlers. It felt like, oh, well, that's it. We're getting Ethan Page versus Orange Cassidy. It seems like that's the exact feud we're setting up here. And that's that's fine um, because you've got the trio's titles already on pack. So I was actually really good with that. Uh, and yeah, what would you think of Stokely's promo overall? Oh, I thought it was great. I I joked beforehand on Twitter is like Excalibur needs to explain who all of these wrestlers are and all of their motivations so that way there's no confusion about anything on this show. And Stokely basically did that. He explained who all of these men were, explained their motivations, he explained why they were together, why you may not see them together unless MJF needs them, and mm-hmm. what their goals were moving forward. I thought Stokely knocked this out of the park. I love that everyone can come together if MJF needs them. And then if they, if MJF doesn't need them, they all have their own goals that they are going to be working towards. And Stokely is going to help them with that. I even love that MJF left the ring after all of yeah. that, because he's not really tied to them. He's just using them to pay them for when he needs stuff. So he's not part of this group. And it's not like the pinnacle where it's family, family dinners type thing. Yeah. It's just, Hey, these are guys I pay to do some dirty work for me. That's it. I got to be friends with them. Even Stokely's like, I got friends. I'm friends with everybody, but I'm friends with everybody just to get some gossip and shit. Like, you don't know if I actually like you, but don't actually like you. I thought everyone, I thought everyone was great in this segment. So shout out to, to, to Stokely for really killing this promo. Yeah. And uh, I thought my only, I guess, qualm with it was that it was a little bit long. And um, yeah, for AEW, 
long in-ring promos like kind of are reserved for Chris Jericho. I was going to say aren't their thing, but I guess Jericho gets them all the time. Um, so this, you know, for AEW as a show that has been since the beginning, kind of a go, 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 go show. And then to kind of slow it down with not one, but kind of two back-to-back in-ring promos, I thought was a little much, but I like the content of it all. So uh, ultimately I was happy with it. And then we had Jay Lethal. You know him. He's actually Speaking been on Dynamite a lot. Too long. Jay Lethal went one-on-one with Jungle Boy. You know, like I said before, I've said it plenty. I've mentioned it on this show. I've mentioned it on Grapsity. Jay Lethal is one of those guys that, like, people kind of, we know why. We know why people ultimately, like, want to dislike Jay Lethal. And, um, but I feel like there's this kind of association with that and making, and, and him being, like, not a good performer. But I do, for the most part, feel like, Lethal's matches kind of have all delivered. Um, and I didn't really think this was much of an exception. I thought Jungle Boy and Jay Lethal worked well together here. It was fine. Good match. It went a little too long for, for my taste. I, I would have probably cut that down a little bit. It just felt long. I don't need... I'm glad Tony likes Jay Lethal as much as he likes Jay Lethal. That's... <laughs> I like Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy can can be. They needed to rebuild him after the quick loss to Christian, and now who knows where that goes since Christian is out for however long. And I assume they're going to set up Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, so, but the Jungle Boy needed to get get some wins. Lethal's a guy you can sacrifice, who can lose, and it's fine. It just felt a little long. I hate the lethal injection. It's the stupidest finisher in the world. <laughs> it's a dumb move, Will. It's a dumb move. What specifically do you hate about the lethal injection? The whole it's the thing. one it's the one cutter that people don't kick out of. Avoid, avoid, avoid. It's it's dumb. Like he the momentum, he's jumping backwards into a cutter, but the cutter goes down and like forward, but he's jumping back into it. So the momentum's going in opposite directions. He turns his back on his opponent. I think that's always stupid to turn your back on your opponent, especially when they're standing. That's dumb. And then let me do a springboard or handspring into the ropes to springboard. Ju- it's a stupid move. It's a stupid move. Well, regardless, Jungle Boy won anyway with the snare trap. Uh, he tapped out Jay Lethal. Um, what happened to the Jack Perry stuff? He was called just straight up Jungle Boy again this week. Jim Ross wasn't there to set everybody straight. But like last week when he hit the ring, he was introduced as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And like, why did we drop that? What happened? He was he was even uh, Jack Perry on social media when they set up this yeah, like they put Jungle Boy in quotes, and it said Jungle Boy in quotes Jack Perry, but he was announced yeah. as Jungle Boy. The um, the Chiron said Jungle Boy. What happened? I, I have no idea. No idea. Again, we need Jim there to set everybody up. Yeah, this was a solid C-plus for me. It was fine. It didn't harm anything, um, and we continue to make Jungle Boy look strong and intense. Not sure what we're getting out of this Jay Lethal uh, faction anymore. I did Sanjay Dutt breaking pencils and, and stuff. That, that's all, yeah. I, all I know. Uh, we, and like I mentioned, the uh, Luigi Primo stuff um, in that Ethan Page has declared war on meme wrestlers. 
Uh, and then Danhausen made his way out, and that set up the Ethan Page versus Danhausen match for this Friday. Uh, Matt Hardy. Also, we saw um, some Darby stuff from um, was that from Nitro Circus? Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, uh, and like Swerve made a brief appearance in that because uh, he was there. But the we set up Matt Hardy versus Darby. Okay, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good promo from from Matt. They've teamed together. They've worked together before. Darby's always talked about the the Hardys. They're trying to, I think, get Matt reestablished because I don't know how soon Jeff is back, but Matt seems optimistic that Jeff could be back relatively soon. So it seems mm-hmm. like they're trying to get Matt more of an on screen role to set all that back up. Um. Yeah, and if Jeff's coming back relatively soon, then yeah, Matt being back in the fold is probably a good idea. Uh, and then also apparently the, um, I guess as a mild spoiler for this Friday, the Darby and Sting versus House of Black feud is not over and, uh, we're going to see even more. Great. You know, they beat him at the pay-per-view. What more are we doing here? Uh, well, you can't have Grand Slam go by without a Sting match. I true, and... <laughs> but just give me a different Sting match. Care who it is? Stinking yeah. face anybody, and I'll be happy with it. Nope, we're getting this match again. <sighs> Awful. Uh, and so there was a powerhouse Hobbs squash. It's very quick. No reason to rate that, but uh, I love Hobbs, and I love him continuing to beat people. And he even cut a promo about how. Uh, you know, as far as Ricky Starks is concerned, he was bleeding in the mouth, so it was a little hard to not pay attention to the blood running down my dude powerhouse Hobbs's face. But uh, he noted that, look, Ricky Starks was supposed to be this big deal. Everybody was all hyped for Ricky Starks, and Hobbs beat him in four minutes. Ricky Starks yeah. then made his way out of the crowd, and they brawled. So this will also continue. And it I... should. It should, but like Hobbs beat him in like four minutes. So, I, I, so yeah. my hope was that because I said, uh, as far as this feud was concerned, what I wanted to see was powerhouse Hobbs essentially in a straight up professional wrestling match. Ricky Starks cannot hang with powerhouse Hobbs. I think that should have been the case. I think that that makes powerhouse Hobbs look like a million bucks. That, as far as we're concerned, as we're starting to see. Nobody can hang with powerhouse Hobbs. This newfound powerhouse Hobbs is somebody that in a straight up one-on-one professional wrestling match situation will kick your ass. And once you're hit with that spine buster, there's no hope for you. That's a good thing for him. And so what Ricky's going to need is some kind of stipulation match, some kind of no holds barred situation. Anything that will allow him an advantage over Hobbs. Because I think as a babyface, that's the way he needs to beat this monster. Um, because ultimately, Ricky's got to come out of this feud looking good. But I think yeah. that that's, to me, the best way they could do it. Is having um, Hobbs lose to Starks in some kind of plunder kind of match. <laughs> and, um, and I'm fine. I, I like that idea. Because them just having another straight up wrestling match is it's the same reason I, I think Moxley and Punk lost some luster. It's like we just saw 
this match mm-hmm. and it lasted five minutes and one guy got his ass kicked in this and this one there's no even like injury excuse with ricky unless you're going to tell the next story again but yeah if you're going to do some type of like no dq match and that's how ricky needs to like slay powerhouse then cool that's a that's a good story as long as ricky's on tv i'm good with it that man the crowd loved him he looked like a million yeah. bucks coming out of the crowd I, I think ultimately as a character he just needs to look more resourceful than yeah than hobbs and that way it'll make hobbs look dominant but ultimately ricky like outsmarts him in a way um which is something that we saw uh i don't know we saw from cena a million times right like that's that's the thing that that works when you're dealing with kind of bigger guys um i am la lucha by the way says mjf is nas and stokely is dre sure i could see that uh and orion ben says lee single-handedly killed uh mmm last night uh do we have to talk about mmm no we don't uh because i still have to pretend i like that group for the sake of the gimmick but like <laughs> um it wouldn't have worked all that well anyway uh let's see shy town spurs says little late but the firm theme is fantastic i agree uh, i'm glad they posted it they just need a tron now because uh, the music just playing while the dynamite logo was on the stage didn't quite work for them it all felt uh kind of thrown together in a sense the what else was on oh yeah and then also i guess i gotta read van twinblade because he sent in a humper chat van twinblade says uh two matches announced for next sunday tootie versus laney luck and heather reckless uh or sorry <laughs> wait sorry tootie versus laney luck versus heather reckless there we go and then we got josh alexander versus kenny alfonso also solved this uh hint movie um and i'd mirror warring l mystery <laughs> i have um a, you gotta say it fast and i'd mirror oh, on elmish street oh a nightmare on a nightmare elm on elementary street or whatever <laughs> yes right? there we go yeah. a nightmare on elm street there we go okay elm street i said elementary street <laughs> yeah it's just murdering small children that's the whole movie yeah i was about um, to say this is the, and then <laughs> the aew world tag team titles on the line a match that i had tweeted i wanted to see the week after swerve in our glory won the tag team titles i was like all right give me swerve in our glory versus lucha bros just find a way to make it happen let's do it if swerve in our glory are losing the tag titles next week this was the time to get this match out of the way uh lucha bros got the match made we saw the video from social media and here we go tag titles on the line it's my dudes swerve in our glory swerve's heat keeps getting better and better his music hit fans booed him on the stage but they didn't boo keith lee that's the result we want here we want swerve to be cocky and disliked but Keith to still have the fans behind him. And they played into that. I thought this match was a lot of fun. thought it was great. It was exactly what I wanted to see from those guys. Uh, and Swerve doing the Seto Mieto, but mocking the Mieto and putting it in his pants was a great spot there. Um, he's, he's here to play the heel. And he's ready to do it. And he's ready to... Uh, get under people's skin. 
that was the plan at All Out was to turn him, and he's going to keep going full speed on this turn. And uh, there are a lot of cool spots in here. The one that keeps getting shared is, of course, the Spanish fly spot that saw uh, Ray Phoenix hit the Spanish fly, and then uh, Penta immediately hit a Canadian destroyer on Keith Lee. The idea of a Canadian destroyer on Keith Lee looks insane, um, but it looks it's it's great. Uh, it's a great visual. Um, the fans were into it. The fans bought it. The match wasn't even that long, but to me, I'm a big fan of sprints. Like I do like longer matches, but I still feel like one of the best things you can do is cram a whole bunch of content in a short amount of time because fans love that just as much as they love. Um, a bunch of content stretched out over 20 minutes, but when you have eight minutes, just go out there and sprint and just do a whole bunch of shit. That shit gets over too. And I thought this got over quite well. Uh, and we knew the titles weren't going to switch, but yeah. Uh, Swerve in Our Glory wins. I, and... So I think sprints work well as long as everything looks good. And in the case of these four men, everything looks good. Some people try to do a sprint. And it falls apart because yes. none of it looks all that good. Uh, <laughs> but these guys are great. And so everything looked uh-huh. good. So I, as a sprint, I thought it was fantastic. My criticism is people have pointed out in the chat. I don't know why this match was really happening outside of let's do a dope match, which is cool. But if you're going to you know, tell me that wins and losses matters and ranking matters and all this stuff, the last time we saw the Lucha Bros in a tag team match, they lost to Roosh and Andrade in that tornado tag. So they were coming off a loss as a two-on-two tag team but they got this title shot because it's a cool match to, to book. And it was a cool match to book. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. I just didn't know if maybe there were other options uh, that would have just made more sense from a rankings, real sports perspective in that. Yeah. Sometimes you do kind of have a dope match and it was a dope match. Like cool with it. I'm, I'm fine with it, uh, but they are coming off a loss and now they've lost again. Uh, Lucha Bros weren't even top five. I feel like they've done away with the rankings. I've not kept up with it. It just seems like they like completely done away with that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm actually looking at the rankings now. You're right. They were not top five. Yeah. Um, so it, I understand like they're trios <laughs> champions and everything like that. That's fine. But like if you're going to say that the, the rankings matter and then, the, you know, where's FTR is all I'm trying to say. here. Uh, but that beating the trio champions it's clear oh, look we know the plan was not for death triangle to hold the trio titles we know this for a 100 percent fact that this was right. not the plan so them beating the trio champions here maybe there just could have been other options for swerve and and keith lee to to defeat but i understand you want to do a cool match and it was a cool match uh i'll also i will say this and and this is i have praised swerve a lot just a, largely through just what i listen to him in interviews when this man comes out there is just something about him first off the theme is great will but this man comes out and the little like trot that he does in his his body movement and the, his facial expressions like you want to hate him because you know he's a heel but he also just has a presence and a charisma about him that i can't help but to like really enjoy as well I, I'm not saying Swerve should be the, the world champion in a month. I'm saying he should be the world champion in a week uh, because they're, they have something with Swerve, and I hope they continue to capitalize on it because there is just there is something there with this man. And I'm not saying that because of who I'm talking to. I've, you know I've been no, saying this I, a long I, time I about Swerve. 
But I mean, no, look, another I, I say level this... with this heel work. <laughs> another level with this heel work. I say this as a fan of his as well. Um, that uh, I think he does eventually get to that level with the company. I think they're um, okay. I know they're high on him, but I, uh, but I do think that, like, look, he's he signed there for a while, and um, I think that he is going to be one of their top acts when it's time. And I think that like you can see it through little things. You can see the way that AEW advertises events coming up, and that. Pretty much from the time Swerve signed, he's been on the posters. He is somebody that they believe in. He's somebody that um, we've talked about before. They wanted to sign day one. like, And I, I mean, from the start of AEW, that Swerve had a choice in, do I go with AEW or do I go with, um, with NXT? And he ended up going with NXT because at the time, AEW didn't have a TV deal yet. And it was like, well... I can go with the known or unknown, and I'm going to go with the known. But they wanted him from day one. He was somebody that they were always interested in. And so the fact that they have him now through a, really like a complete stroke of luck in that um, one bad phone call could have changed everything. Uh, and I think they are going to run with him the way that they want to. Uh, a couple more Super Chats, by the way. But uh, Jester Design says, we should get a rap battle between... Uh, actual rappers on Rampage. Book it, Tony. Me and Cher Delaware. That's the rap battle that everybody is clamoring for now that Fightful Select hit 10,000 subscribers. I know, right? You guys still have to fulfill that. I showed feet last That's a, week. I'm t- well, I'm I'm doing this at my wedding. I'm recording it. <laughs> oh, I'm that's getting right. married and then I'm doing a rap battle with Cher. <laughs> <sighs> That sounds like that's going to be a fun time. Because <laughs> I don't, I didn't mean for this to be the show that I have to break this on, but I can't oh, make said wedding. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I know, but I was trying to find like every way to make that work. And then my wife is like, do you remember I have to host this kidney walk on Sunday, October 2nd? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you do. Okay. You, I gotta kick you and John. I gotta fight you and John Alba for not coming because neither of you are coming. But it's okay. We will record w- stuff. We, we will. I we will have, have a been, good time, and we will miss you. I I've been wanting to come though. Um, I don't even know what my like next trip is going to be. Although AEW announced, by the way, on this show that they're going to be in Seattle, uh, in January, January fourth, for um, they're going to make their debut at the Climate Pledge Arena. And they put front and center on the poster, Swerve, Brian Danielson, and uh, Darby, Darby Allen. I, like, I honestly would have put like Aubrey Edwards off to the side just to be like, look, <laughs> got the entire Pacific Northwest side of AEW covered here. Let's go. Um, but after this match was over, we then get the acclaimed, who uh, Max Caster doesn't want to rap this time instead. He gives Swerve shit for nut hugging all the famous people he knows. I thought that was a good dig. Um, and Bowen's called them Drake and Josh. Uh, that was a that was a cut. Um, but I suppose they've already been hit with Keenan and Cal and pretty much everything else you can be hit with. So uh, what's another one? And also they had oh scissor me daddy shirts 
that they said they're going to be selling exclusively at Arthur Ashe next week. So this is going to be a big night for them. Honestly, I had heard initially that it was the plan, but then um, I know that when it was the plan, they weren't anticipating having to crown a new world champion. But if it were me and I were putting next week's show together, Arthur Ashe, I would open the show with Moxley and Brian, much like the way last year opened with Brian and Kenny. Bring it full circle. And I would main event with the tag titles. I'm not I'm not mad at that. I, I think tag titles will open because that's gonna be hot and we're all expecting the the title change and that's gonna be like a big jolt to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then the the other matches are good. Uh like we're both predicting an Orange Cassidy title victory, so that'll be uh the crowd will pop for that. I think Tony probably retains the women's title, the interim title, and then we're obviously gonna get a new champion in the main event. But I'm not mad at the the tag match headlining because they do like to open sometimes with their, their hottest thing. I, yeah. The tag title, it's not, I can't say it's hotter than Daniel said at Moxley, but like, that's a hot match right there coming It's a hot line. match. That's I a think really it's, hot match. I think crowd wise, it is going to be hotter just because you've got um, the acclaimed who are from New York. So yeah. you're dealing with the local act. You are dealing with um, kind of that hometown vibe in a, the biggest setting AEW has. I think that putting it on the acclaimed in front of that crowd is going to be the biggest thing that they've got. So either open or close with it, but I don't think it should be anywhere near the middle. No, I no, no. That, I think it opens. I think it opens. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what else was there? So then there was, oh yeah. So the Lucha Bros were upset in the back um, and they go to talk to Pac and then Pac gets sucker punched by orange cassidy who was a little weird looking and then uh orange cassidy says he wants the title then we got it for next week yeah we got the match uh so then they have to stop doing this by the way i don't know who things are getting disconnected with but it seems like somebody's not explaining when like hikaru shida has a booking in Japan, which she's always public with, right? Because yeah. like she's posted for weeks, like, hey, on September 15th, I'm going to be doing Makai in Japan. Come see me. Come see me. And it's like, whoa, how is she going to work this match on September 14th that she's booked for? And then they had her written out in a way that she wasn't physically there for, where they had Britt Baker and... um and Rebel go into her locker room and ambush her. And then Alex Marvez poorly acts his way and looking in the locker room and goes, oh my God, we need some help here. But you never see Hikaru Shida do any of this because she wasn't there because... And, and the problem I have with these angles for her is that she's never going to not promote doing her Japanese work. So then if you have to say on TV, oh, Hikaru Shida was ambushed, she's hurt. So therefore, she can't participate in this match. But also, here she is promoting something she's doing actively. Like that always looks bad. There yeah. has to be some kind of reconciliation of these things. Of like hey, that, she seemed frustrated with that the first time they pulled this. Like last year, it was like, oh, she's yeah, hurt. because she's like, no, I literally just worked. Yeah, well, because it was they pulled her out of the Owen Hart tournament, and yeah, then. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, they pulled her out of the tournament she was in and uh, then explained it as, oh, she's injured. And she's like, no, I'm not. I'm 
literally in Japan working matches. Don't know what to tell you. Uh, and again, they're like, whoa, she's hurt. And then her Twitter's like, hey, come see me tonight at Makai because this is what I do. Um, the AEW yeah, has... doctors didn't clear her. The Japanese <laughs> doctors, they they have less restrictions. That was what they said last That's what they said last time. Japanese doctors are like, yeah, whatever, broken leg. Yeah, she's not on it, walk it off. She's not cleared. (laughs) She's not cleared for this match on Wednesday, but she somehow did manage to absolutely travel over for Thursday. (laughs) Silliest. Uh, But yeah, instead, so we got a tag match. Athena teaming with Tony Storm to take on Britt Baker and Serena Deeb. um, With the story, of course, being that Serena Deeb um, replacing uh, what would normally be Jamie Hayter, because what's Jamie Hayter? motivations right now she got screwed at all out by Britt baker what's she gonna do we got this tag match here that's all um kind of standard affair stuff uh i thought athena looked really good here and i would like to note i talked a little bit on grapsity a few weeks ago about how the biggest problem with the aw women's division to me um because i know there's always talk of oh they need more matches this year uh this and that I don't think that's the case to me as much as uh, I just want to see consistency. And I think that's what the women's division has lacked to me since um, really the last year or so. Because I talked on Grapsity about how Britt Baker's heel turn wasn't just like she turned heel and then disappeared the next week and then was there the week after, or maybe you saw her three weeks later. Like, that's not how her heel turn was done. She turned heel. It was on TV every single week, making sure to hammer in this new character of Britt Baker, annoying dentist. You got that, right? Hikaru Shida's babyface run. The reason she got so over was because she was on TV every single week getting these wins, and people were starting to notice her. And then it feels like the last year or so, it'd be like you see Thunder Rosa one week, and then maybe you'll see... um, Jade Cargill this week, and then it like it ever really felt like people were consistently a part of the show. The women were, and so you might get attached to something, and then it disappears a week later. I'm saying this to give credit where it's due. By the way, Tony Storm has been on Dynamite five straight weeks. This is her fifth straight week, and she's advertised for next week's show. This is the most consistent a woman has been on AEW television since literally the original Britt Baker push. They've actually been using tony storm very consistently and next week will be her sixth straight performance on aw television on dynamite specifically not just rampage they've they've done well with tony storm and she she has a a it factor and a star quality about her she looks very good with the gold uh around her shoulder Mm -hmm. when she comes out and i imagine when thunder rosa says she's no longer injured uh tony storm will defeat her to to unify the titles um i just what well i'm just repeating what she said what tony storm yes yeah. yeah i know that's where you're going with that yeah um but you are you are right about that and like the consistency on television and this is where i will throw some criticism not at the women but at the men of wardlow last week it's like wardlow's world i know the momentum is slowed i'm still here this is still my world wardlow this week not there and yeah. that, there's a disconnect there for uh for me as far as the women though i i like i mean i didn't like that they had to take out sheeta because of communication issues seemingly with what what happened there uh i did like the match it was good it's set up next week uh, you know they're running back another four-way 
they're clearly just kind of like biding time until Thunder Rosa comes back. Uh, I like the Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter stuff though. That to me I is did the, too. like the real story here. And that is a story outside of the title, which we need. And people can complain. It's like, oh, well, Britt gets a story. I don't give a shit who gives the story. You got two titles, do stories with the titles and then do a story elsewhere. If it happens to involve Britt, it happens to involve Britt. She's, I mean, she's the most overwhelming on the roster. And she's one been. of their stars. You have yes. to involve her. Exactly. And so, if you're using her to get I somebody like else over, and Jamie Hayter's getting over. She and Jamie did. looked great last night, by the way. But um, they, I mean, they're used, They're getting her over. Fans are actually into her. They Jamie was the most over person at All Out. And there were Jamie chants last night after she uh, came and... Uh, you know, it looked like she was coming for Brit, and she attacked uh, Tony Storm as w- instead, but still didn't communicate with Britt Baker. Good stuff there. Um, I didn't like pinning the champion. Two champions got yeah. pinned on this show, um, and uh, they're both freshly won champions, so that's not exactly a direction I would personally go in. Um, but like I said, I was actually very interested in what was going on with Jamie Ader here. Yeah, I thought Jamie was great of... Hey, I, my motivation is still this title. I still don't like Tony Storm. That doesn't mean I gotta like you. That doesn't mean I forgive you either. And mm-hmm. it's good, you know. the The shades of gray stuff can work when it when it pulls off right. And you know, people have different. It, it's not black and white. We no longer live in a world of black and white. It's not always black and white. Like real humans are not always black and white. You, know, you can right. like like one person, but also dislike the other person and not be hey, I forgive you for everything just because I dislike this person. Sorry, I just saw the ratings. and uh, They're good. They're real good. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that shortly. Because <laughs> the main event here was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. This time we're back to our normal Chris Jericho, our regularly scheduled Chris. We got Judas, and he took on Brian Danielson, who was back to our regularly scheduled Brian Danielson, who did not have um elliot taylor performing him to the ring so uh this was a switch up from all out and here it was uh i thought this was a better match than all out i thought that uh you know jericho kind of talked up in the media scrum about how at all out it was a match that you know he liked brian as an opponent because brian is one of those guys that he can just jump in a ring with they don't have to call anything they can literally just wrestle, and uh, I felt like you could tell it all out. I like that this match kind of had a little bit more of a direction of where things were going, and uh, I think building to the victory for Brian made a lot more sense here. Um, Brian's really good at scaring the crap out of people, uh, <laughs> and it, he, it's he probably. It's a, it's like the best thing he does. <laughs> it's one of the things he's absolutely best at. He knows how to screw people and get uh, to screw with people's minds because they know anything head ish with Brian, they immediately start worrying. They know when Brian starts selling the way he was selling, being trapped in that stage. Um, they're like, oh my god, something's like horribly wrong. Even though, like, I guess I've been watching Brian long enough. This is a man I, whose career I've literally been watching 18 years. And um, I know his selling when I see it. And so, like, if anything, 
Brian would actually try to mask legitimate pain. <laughs> and uh, and so his selling is is fairly obvious. But even still, he's great at it. And uh, this match did have a spot where Brian hits the floor and starts selling the ankle, which results in Chris Jericho uh, working the ankle over and over and Brian trying to make a comeback from that. I thought the match was really well-paced and really um, intense up until that point. Uh, the ankle stuff really kind of slowed it down. Um, but, of course, that led into him locking into the label lock. Jericho taps out. We got the match we all knew we were getting. BCC collides. Brian Danielson and John Moxley. We go off the air with the crowd chanting BCC. And one guy up front who's signed seems to be wow. everywhere right now. But uh, I like the match. I like the match better than last time. This match gets an A from me. I thought that the... I think I don't think this was intentional. But it was incidental and ended up working out. And I'm specifically referring to the fact that since Brian's been back, he hasn't really interacted with the BCC too much. Um, we've seen him like with Yuta a little bit, but he's mostly been going for Daniel Garcia. And I like that we ended up getting the first real interaction with Brian and another BCC member in a while. And it's because he has a match with him at Grand Slam for the title. That's actually kind of cool that that ended up working out that way. The the story they're telling with Danielson, you mentioned earlier, and a lot of people have, have seen it, of defeating the three world champions, defeating the three guys who have defeated him this year. Like It's a very easy story to tell and to put the belt on Danielson. I suspect he wins next week. That is a good call about he hasn't really been tied to the BCC since, since returning. I, even Moxley, BCC, outside of like Claudio and Yuta, like they haven't really been tied together too much. Like Moxley's kind of been doing his own thing as the, the ace of the promotion and cutting up. Uh, well, like at least Pop Mox got to like involve himself in some of the. Um, yeah, Claudio like saves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like he, you know, you had the match with Jericho just like a a, a month ago, and that was uh, at the Quake by the Lake. And that match in particular had BCC involvement and in all of that. But like Brian was away from all of it. And right. I guess I guess Moxley became kind of lost in stuff when he started being involved with Punk. Like that felt separate from all Blackpool yeah. Combat Club stuff is it was just like him and punk doing their own like brawling and everything and i guess like claudio tried to like break that up and everything but that could have been a random person it just happened to be a very strong man in claudio castagnoli um but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the match between danielson and moxley i thought i'm with you last night's match was better than their all-out match between danielson and jericho jericho just a terrible mistake you you won his lion heart go back to that well man you, you <laughs> know that's got to show that lion heart fire though chris jericho is just old judas jericho Ain't that good? But Lionheart Jericho, clearly very good. Um, I mean, that was that was kind of the nice story. We talked about that last week, that uh, Jericho went back to his wrestling roots as Lionheart Jericho. Brian had a little bit of a sports entertainment -y entrance, and that ended up costing him. And now we went back to Jericho remaining his sports entertainment self, and Brian going back to what he knows best, being a wrestler. And so, so what you're saying here, Will, is that sports entertainment is being buried at the hands of pro wrestling between these two men. That's what I'm hearing. 
Yes, also between okay. two companies that's also happening. <laughs> um, but <laughs> because the other companies also abandoned the sports entertainment stuff, which then begs the question, what are we even doing this still for? But anyway, um, James says, bit off topic, but how is Abaddon not even ranked? They're 34-3 and and 8-0 and this year. Wins a lot on dark. I don't know. Yeah. Don't don't pay attention to these rankings, guys. I've been saying this for like a year now that these rankings don't matter. Had it in a theme song when you were hosting the distraction. They don't. They don't matter. All right. <laughs> uh, but you know what does matter? The ratings. Oh, oh, the ratings. And how'd they do? Well, you know, I hate when we see rematches, the same match. I mean, we just saw it. It was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, and it was the same match, and then we just reversed the result, right? Like, it's a thing that happens a lot. Well, guess what? It also happened last night because uh, Real Housewives taking on um, AEW. Uh, Real Housewives, of course, won the week before, but not this week. Oh, no. AEW got its revenge uh, and came in number one. Uh, Dynamite actually pulled 1.1 million uh, viewers, which is uh one of its higher numbers for the year yeah it's it's up from well they did i is that high that's higher than like punk and moxley right like oh actually here we have it this is the highest viewership since last year's grand slam there you go brian danielson confirmed fucking draw put the belt on him i've only been saying this for a year now and I mean, it did really good. Uh, eighteen to thir- or eighteen to forty nine as well. Um, it was up four percent. It did a point three nine rating. So this is a good number for them. Really, like good. all around, this is uh, year to year a really solid number for them. And again, this is one of the highest numbers they've done since last year. This is the highest number they did since last year's Grand Slam. This is kind of what number. they needed. I mean, yeah, it's a great number. Yeah, they definitely need it. Because, I mean, on paper, look, you're getting a Danielson match. You're getting a Moxley match. Jericho is still a, a draw. Say what you will about the man. He's still a draw. Mm-hmm. Nothing else was, like, super announced for this. They changed the women's match the night before. They announced the tag team match, like, an hour before. 15 they, minutes before. Okay, there you go. Um, so, like, the, the big two matches were the title tournament. People love tournaments. This is why mm-hmm. this is why Tony just keeps booking them. People love the tournaments. That's that's how yeah. it goes. Nah, stuff worked. It worked for them. So, um, what if you just build the whole show around Brian Danielson? That's what I would have done. That's what I would have done again the entire year that he's been there. Just two hour Brian Danielson matches. That's that's how I'd book my promotion. Well, um, if Brian walks away with the title, uh. Huh. I mean, look, it's just funny to see it. I don't believe it's like a thing that actually matters, but it is fascinating to see when you look at Brandon Thurston's charts and I'm looking at the 18 to 34 and you look at Raw nearly, uh, Raw and Dynamite basically touching each other there. Um, Touching right at the tips. (laughs) Uh, And look, Raw is doing phenomenally right now. Raw is... Um, let me see if I can unblur my camera. Raw is doing phenomenally. Um, I think it's been a great show lately, and uh, the ratings reflect all of that. Matter of fact, I'm going to be really disappointed in anybody I see at the Hall of Fame next year doing the bow motion events like 
you absolutely enjoy every single thing about the show since he's been gone. Um, Can I call out a bunch of people in our chat right yes. here? All right. I, well, I, I I like some of these people. I drew. They get to get to see BBC Zero Prime BBC. What what guys? To uh, be guys. Blackpool Com. It's BCC. What are we doing with the BBC? What what is to happening? The BBC. Here? Yeah yeah yeah. BBC One. BBC guys, Two. BBC what, what Three. Is, what is happening to our BBC chat? Four. BBC five, BBC. BBC six, BBC seven, BBC heaven. All right. Um. So that's all I got here. Well, I got a gift that that was just handed to me. That supposedly I'm. This was handed to me by the fiance. That she said I'm going to pop for, and that I had to do on air. Oh my god! Look at this thing, Will Washington. Look at this. It's the acclaimed. Oh, it's the acclaimed headphones. I think I can't open this. I'm not smart enough to open these things. How do I open this? Oh, there it goes. Look at this. The acclaimed headphones, Will Washington. I can rap like Max Caster. You can. I can't open them. There, there we go. I got them. It's headphones, everybody. So now I can go around and I can listen to the acclaimed music. There we go. Look at that. That's what uh, one of the gifts my fiance got me because she knows I'm a big. Everybody loves the acclaimed, including myself. Will you scissor me on air? Can we we got to get a hand in here. Let's see. Yeah, so, you got to get some a hand scissoring. in there. It's right here. You got to reach over. Oh, God, I reach over. Look at that. Yeah. On air. Bob. <laughs> That's right. We have gotten our first day after dynamite scissor, folks. Thank you for being here. If you haven't gotten sick of me in this last hour and a half, don't you worry. Head on over to FightfulSelect.com because uh, the Grapsity Boys are going to be answering some questions. And if you got them for us, send them in. If you've already sent them, thank you. And let me make sure I got uh, Humper Chats all squared away. Uh, where is that tab? There it is. I did. All right. So join us over at Ask Grapsity starting in just a few minutes i had to make a couple phone calls and then i will be on so uh folks thank you for being a part of today's day after dynamite if you haven't wished mr jeremy lambert a happy birthday i think that's the first time in like a year i've said his last name correctly but um mr jeremy lambert if you haven't wished him a happy birthday yet be sure to do so because it's his birthday yes say happy birthday to me uh, thank you to everybody who, who tuned in for Day After Dynamite and tuned into the spotlight earlier today. Go sign up to Fightful Select and check out Paywall Phil. Tell Phil I said hi. Tell Reg I said hi. Tell Reg great work on the, the Black Wrestlings. Make sure I said that right. Uh, 500. The Black Wrestlings 500. Yeah. go Everyone go support Reg. Go support everybody. Everything the Grapsody gents are doing. Uh, appreciate you guys. And yeah, that's it. Go to Fightful Select, everybody. The acclaimed top of the chain bet you know the name yeah all right well that's it see you next time have a great day peace everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.